Think of the presence of the Lord to the people as they saw the glory of God over the house of the Lord. Incredible. Today, the Holy Spirit is here among us all the time. We can't see it, but the Holy Spirit lives in every one of our hearts. He's there to minister to us. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us today as Roll continues our study of 1 Kings with encouragement to fully consecrate your heart and life to the Lord. You'll see that just as God manifested His glory in a cloud that filled Israel's temple, He can fill you with the matchless power and glory of His Holy Spirit. Here's Roll Reese with part two of our study from 1 Kings. Chapter 8, verse 1. And now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes, and the chief fathers of the children of Israel, to King Solomon in Jerusalem, that he might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the city of David, from Zion. And therefore all the men of Israel assembled with King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ithalem, which was the feast of tabernacles in October, September, October, which is the seventh month. And so all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. And then they brought up the ark of the Lord, the tabernacle of meeting, and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. The priests and the Levites brought them up. Now, when they bring that actual ark of the covenant in, we have to remember one thing. Somehow, uh, if you read the Apocrypha books, there's a book in the Apocryphas that tells you that the Ark of the Covenant was hidden by Jeremiah, the prophet, in a cave. Nobody's ever found it. Others make the proclamation that the Ark of the Covenant was taken to heaven. But then at the same time, the Ark of the Covenant could probably be here on earth and it would be one of the greatest discoveries of archaeology. And at the same time, it is probably believed that somewhere in the city of Jerusalem, it could be hidden there somewhere. But, what does God do? God hides the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because people will probably start worshiping it instead of God. God knows what He's doing. God doesn't want anything to get in the way of His worship. Especially in the New Testament times now. So as the Ark of the Covenant now is being brought, it is one of the most, I mean, holy things. There was a guy when they were bringing back the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines country, that the Ark of the Covenant, they put it, the Philistines put it on a cart with two oxen. And on the way back, as David received it, and they try to move it, it started to fall, and this one guy tried to push it back, and when he touched it, God killed him instantly. And the reason he killed them is because they were not carrying the Ark of the Covenant properly. It was supposed to be carried on four shoulders with long staffs, and it was to be hanging and never to be touched 
by human hands. You see? Because that's where the presence of the Lord was in the, in the holiest of holies. So here now they're bringing back now. Verse 8, look what it says. For the cherubim spread the two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. And the poles extended so that the ends of the poles could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from the outside. They are there until this day. The writer says even till this day. So there was a curtain inside and nobody could go in the priest only once a year. Nothing was in the ark except, here he tells you, two tablets of stone which Moses put there at Horeb. And when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel, when they came out of the land of Egypt, it came to pass that when the priests came out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Interesting. The Shekinah glory of God over His house. Imagine that. Now, again, think of the presence of the Lord to the people as they saw the glory of God over the house of the Lord. Incredible. Today, the Holy Spirit is here among us all the time. We can't see it. But the Holy Spirit lives in every one of our hearts. He's there to minister to us. When Jesus was leaving, remember, He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send the Paracletus, the one that will come alongside to assist you, and to help you, to convict you, to do all these things. He says, that's why I have to leave. But here in the Old Testament, the holy place with the cloud filled the Lord, filled His presence. Verse 11, And so that the priest could not continue ministering because the clouds were so heavy for the glory of the Lord filled the whole house of the Lord. It was just too much. Too much for the power of God. And then Solomon spoke. The Lord said, He would dwell in a dark cloud. And I have surely built an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. And then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel. And while all the assembly of Israel was standing, notice, and he said, Blessed be the Lord Jehovah God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to my father David, and with his hand was, notice, has fulfilled his saints. And since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there, but I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Notice God. And now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Where areas it was your heart to build me a temple for my name, you did well, and it was well in your heart. That's, it's a good thing you wanted to do. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son Solomon will come from your own body, and he shall build the temple for my name. Now think about this for a moment. If God told that to David, and then Solomon fulfilled it, think of what God has for your children. If you're right on for God. If you're being loving and kind and merciful and obedient to the word of God. And you're really building a relationship with the Lord. Then you have a great future, not only for yourself, but for your home. Even if your children deviate from the truth one day. 
God is going to fulfill his promises just like he did with Solomon and David. Watch what he says. So the Lord has fulfilled his word, which he spoke. And I have filled the position of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I have built a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. What does he mean? That God confirms his word. If God gives you a promise, he's going to fulfill it. Not in your time, but in his time. You can't go wrong when God makes a promise to you. He doesn't break his promises. He keeps them. What else? And there, verse 21. And there I have made a place for the ark in which is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers. And then he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord, in the presence of all the people of Israel, and spread out his hands towards heaven. Notice what he's doing. Why do we lift our hands unto the Lord? A lot of people just do to do it. No, there's a meaning for that. Even in the sacrifices, the wave offerings were with a hand. The reason we lift our hands up to the Lord is a sign of what? Submission to the Lord. And worship of the Lord. We don't do just to be seen of men. We do it because we love the Lord. Solomon the king puts the example to the people. Look what he says. He says that he lifted up his hands unto heaven. And then he said, notice how he speaks of God's faithfulness. Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven above on the earth below like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you in all their hearts. Wow. Notice that Solomon believes in hell. He said in heaven and below. He knows that. But notice how beautiful He turns to God and he begins to praise him. and begins to pray to him. You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. You have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand. Even to this very day, the word of God is fulfilled. Man, you can believe God's word. It will be fulfilled. Therefore, notice the presence of of God's protection and presence over them. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel. And notice, only if your sons listen, notice, and obey, notice, to the way, and they walk before me as you have walked before me. There's the condition again. And now I pray, O God of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David, my father, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heavens of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I have built. What do you mean? Solomon say, who can build A house for God, where God can live, when God is eternal. You can't. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We wanted to pause for just a moment to speak with Raul about his upcoming trip to Israel. Raul, how can our walk with the Lord be impacted by being a part of a trip like this? It will impact your walk 
because you're walking where Jesus walked. And I think that Bible studies that are given there by the pastor, that they're going to bring not only conviction, it's going to feed your soul. So when you go back to the hotel, you're going to open the Bible for that day. You're going to read. You're going to make notes. You know, not maybe your Bible, like I do notes in your Bible, or maybe in a piece of paper. So when you come back, you come back fully loaded with God's Word, with the uh, sights that you saw, which now they're going to become not only real to you, but when I share the gospel with people, they'll go, wow, how did you know I've been there? I walked through there, I sat there, I ate there. All these things that I wanted to do, I've done it. You need to go to Israel. Thanks, Roll. Well, the dates to join Pastor Roll, his wife Sharon, and their son Ryan are April 2nd through 13th, 2024. To get more information and a brochure about this upcoming trip to Israel, visit somebodylovesyou.com. Let's get back now to the final part of today's study. He's recognizing that the house could not contain God. Yet, regard the prayer of your servant in his supplication. O Lord my God, and listen to the cry of the prayer which your servant is praying before you today. That your eyes may be open toward this temple night and day, toward the place which you said, My name shall be there, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place. He's now talking, without knowing, the time of captivity when Babylon will come, will destroy this temple and take the people of God into Babylon. Remember Daniel in chapter 10, where he would go up into his house, open the window, and face toward the east, over here is the east, facing toward the east, where Jerusalem was, from Babylon. And what would he do? He would pray to God three times a day. That's what he's talking about. And you may hear the supplication of your servant and your people Israel, when they pray, notice, toward this place. No matter where a Jew may be, he says, he can always face the east, and the house of the Lord will be there. And when they pray to this place here in heaven, your dwelling place where you hear forgive, where does God dwell? In heaven. You see, not in that house. And when anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath and comes and takes an oath before the altar in this temple, then hear in heaven and act and judge your servant condemning the wicked and bringing his way unto his own head. And justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. Notice that. And then, forgive us of sin. Notice they have been brought upon ourselves. And when your people Israel are defeated before the enemy because they have sinned against you. And when they turn back to you and confess your name. And pray and make supplication to you in this temple. Then here in heaven... And forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land which you gave to their fathers. Remember Daniel chapter 9? He was reading the prophet Jeremiah and he was praying and confessing their sins when the angel came and said, Daniel, you'll be gone in three years back to Jerusalem and the people will leave 55,000 but the rest will stay here and I'm going to show you what's going to happen now and in the future to come. And he gave him the 70 week of prophecy of Daniel. And when the heavens are shut up, and there's no rain because they have sinned against you. And when they pray to this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them. So he's talking 
about the importance of that temple for the people of God at that time, where if they were taken captive or lived somewhere else, and if they would sin, they, by true repentance and praying to God and confessing their sins, God would hear them. That you may teach them the good way in which you walk, that you should walk, and send rain in your land in which you have given to your people as an inheritance. So now what do you say? And when there's famine... In the land and pestilence and blight and mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, when their enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is. What is he saying? He's saying that when people are in sin, God will send all these things. Unless there's repentance. Think of our own country and the world today. What else? Whatever prayer... Whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people Israel, when each one knows the plague of his own heart, underline that, notice that. When each one knows the plague of his own heart and spreads out his hands towards his temple, then here in heaven your dwelling place. Why? Because they're repenting. Forgive and act and give everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know. For you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men. Underline that. God knows your heart. God knows my heart. That they may fear you all the days of their lives and the land where they live. And you gave to our fathers. Moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people Israel but has come from a far country to your name for your name's sake. For they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your stretched out arm. And when he comes and prays to this temple, notice people that would get saved and would receive Jehovah God. Here in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which foreigners call to you. That all people of the earth may know your name and fear you. And that your people Israel, that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. And when your people go out to battle against their enemy, wherever you send them, when they pray to the Lord towards the city of Jerusalem, and you have chosen the temple which I have built in your name, then hear in heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. And when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, they take captive to the land of their enemy for their near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land, when they carry the captives and repent, make supplication to you in the land of those who took them captive, saying, we have sinned and done wrong. We have committed wickedness. Did you notice that? He's kind of prophesying. He's talking about the restoration in the book of Jeremiah. In the book of Daniel, what happened? And when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who led them away captive and pray to you towards this land which you have given their fathers, the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built in your name. Then here in heaven, your dwelling place, their prayer, their supplication, and maintain their cause. And forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions which they have transgressed against you. And grant them compassion before those who took them captive that they may have compassion on them. Who do we sin against? God. Who forgives us? God. If we repent. 
For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt, out of the iron furnace. That your eyes may be open to the supplication of your servant and the supplication of your people Israel to listen to them whenever they call upon you. Notice that. To pay attention to the prayer. For you separate them among all the people of the earth to be your inheritance. As you spoke by the servant Moses, when you brought our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God. And that it was, he comes to the end of this prayer, and so it was, when Solomon had finished praying all this prayer, the supplication unto the Lord, that he rose up from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees, and his hands spread up to heaven. Then he stood, he turns around, and what does he do? He stands around and he blesses all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice saying, here he blesses the people. He says what? Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that is promised. There has not failed one word of his good promise which he has promised to his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us that he has with our fathers. May he not leave us nor forsake us. That he may incline our hearts to himself. And walk in all his ways and keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments as he commanded our fathers. And may these words of mine, which I have made supplication before the Lord, be near the Lord our God day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and cause his people Israel as each day may require. He's preparing the way for the people. That all the people of the earth, notice, may know that the Lord Jehovah God, there is no other God. I love that. No other God. Let your heart therefore be loyal to the Lord our God. And walk in His statutes. And keep His commandments as this day. That's not only for them, that's for us today, you guys. Mark it down. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. Here is one of the largest barbecues, like a Texas barbecue, man. This is the biggest. Watch what he does. And Solomon offered a sacrifice, a peace offering, fellowship with the Lord, which he offered to the Lord. 22,000 bulls, 120,000 sheep, just for one barbecue. And so the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. And on the same day, the king consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings, which are consecration, grain offerings, and the fat of the peace offerings before the bronze altar that was before the Lord too small. And received the burnt offerings and the grain offerings and the fat and the peace offerings. And at that time Solomon held a feast to all Israel with him. And a great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. Before the Lord our God. Seven days and seven more days. Fourteen day barbecue. Can you imagine that? Party. Fourteen days. And on the eighth day. He sent the people away, and they blessed the king, and went to their tents, notice, joyfully and glad of heart for all the good that the Lord had done for his servant David and Israel, his people. And listen, when you come to church, and you leave the church, we should always leave with joy and gladness of heart, because of what God has done for us.
As you envision the great cloud of God's glory filling Israel's temple, we hope that you'll turn to the Lord today as a believer and thank Him for the indwelling of His Holy Spirit. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review the message you've just heard, call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you make your request, ask for Rawls' teaching from 1 Kings chapters 5-8. through 8. We'd also like to tell you about a resource that will motivate you to respond to God's greatness with obedience and devotion. Rawls' book titled Sin, the Root of All Evil exposes the potential destruction of spiritual compromise and provides steps for pinpointing your own personal areas of weakness. You'll also see how continual disobedience will undermine your relationship with the Lord and prevent you from enjoying His richest spiritual blessings. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. We'll send your copy for a gift of $8 plus shipping and handling. That phone number once again is 800-634-9165. If you'd like to order by writing us, the mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thank you for partnering with us. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your donations are a great blessing. Everyone is tax-deductible. Coming up next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll return to 1 Kings for a challenge to stay devoted in our relationship with the Lord, standing as living witnesses of His greatness to a watching world. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.